You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on cranberry.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. How's your week going, my friend? So far so good. It's been a, it's been a fun one. Good. Lots of fun, interesting stuff going on at work. Um, nice and relaxing at home, so nothing to complain about. Good. Yeah, we're... Well, I always have something to complain about. But well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Very busy, and I'm a taskmaster right now. I'm just, just going insane, going, ticking off tasks on my... Uh, I use Time Doctor Pro. I love that system, and, and it's... Uh, Time... For your like for task management or overall project management, task management. Do you, do you have a project management tool you use too? Yeah, we use. Uh, we're really cheap. We use FreeCamp. <laughs> uh, I used I used to go is, with um, Basecamp, but they charge an obscene amount of money, considering how many projects we have. Uh, we'd be up in like the five hundred dollar range, or I don't know, three hundred a month. I forget what it was back then. It's probably even more now. And that's just too much for us. It's like, what's the point? And FreeCamp yeah. does a decent job. It's got some downsides, but it's a pretty good little system, and it's free. So free is free. <laughs> free is free. And we get to, well, we pay for a little Most storage, like five bucks a oh, month. See, see, there you go. It's not free. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to. <laughs> Anyways, uh, lots going on. More over the last week than today. Seems to be a little quiet on the whole front, but. Uh, that's good. A little catch-up is always a good thing. Now, that said, uh, it looks like there's going to be some more news coming, though, because the MozCast, that's MozCast.com, shows 111 degrees today. That's even more than last week's. So that is scorching hot. Something's going on. That essentially isn't means it, that there's been a system it, algorithm shakeups right now in Google, and it's uh, things are moving around. Isn't it supposed to be fall? Isn't we supposed to get cooler temperatures this time of year? Yeah, you'd think. 
<laughs> Google never follows so, but what's going, did, so is anybody saying what's going on or is it just an indicator? Because to me, the indicator is like, okay, things are changing. But if nobody knows what they are, if nobody, I mean, it's it's kind of premature to really talk about, isn't it? we got to oh, figure yeah. out what's well, going on. Well, at this point, I'm actually was about to follow up with the fact that, you know, Barry uh, Schwartz over at the SE Roundtable notes that there's just chatter at this point. seems there is quite a bit of change, but there's nothing concrete yet. So, it's, you know, we're a bit behind the news at this point. But uh, I would expect something's happening. If it's that hot out, things are happening. And it's probably going to be a little more. Uh, he Barry seems to think that it's more updates to this, the, the, the larger update that happened on the second, which Google still won't admit to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I also heard that if we, if we got to bring in, we got to bring in Penguin into this conversation. We're talking about updates, right? Oh, so we said last week that, that Google's preparing their announcement. Somebody got uh, Gary Isles to admit on Twitter this week that Google has a set date for when it's going to launch. So they don't tell us what it is. They know what the date is. That said, Gary's said he's known the date in the past and it didn't come true. So again, great assault situation, right? <laughs> And it could be next year for all we know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but, I, but I the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is next month, it will be two years since Penguin 3.0 came out. Two years since there's been a Penguin update. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, a pure nightmare for so many. Um, anyway. Well, at this point, I mean... Uh, they can pretty much take as long as they want because it's if anyone's waiting for it still, they're in real trouble. Yeah, if that if that's been your your go to fix. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> now today, I, I think it was last one as well. Was a lot about local. I know it was too when I had Scott on. And it's it's actually all. Let's do a skip down to one thing here. Actually, and it's all in really in, well summed up by Mike Blumenthal in an article he did this week on Blumenthal's.com, and it's it it focuses on Google and his belief that they're doubling down on local. There's so many changes going on, and he, he says it's just it's it's too coincidental. This is happening all at once. It just seems like Google is really focusing, and he gets into what what will that mean. You know, what sort of things will happen here? So let me actually open the article here. I've read it and I loved it. Um, remember a bunch of uh, some key points, but uh, let me just <laughs> really stood out for you there, John. That you were so excited when you posted it on Facebook. Yes, I was. <laughs> I love Mike's writing. I mean, he, he has something to say. It's something good. So I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, and this was a big one. It's 1,100 words, so it's got lots to talk about. Yeah, I, I guess I guess what really the, the overall the overall um, point that he's trying to make in the article that Google is doubling down on local, I think is a little bit off. I don't think they're doubling down. I think they're just finally implementing a lot of things they've known for a long time. They need to implement the things they need to fix because Google's Google local has been broken for years. And I think they're finally saying, Oh, oops, you know, we got to get this right. They, they've been saying for such a long time that mobile is their big focus and they're, They've known, and as the rest of us know, that mobile and local are tied very tightly together, and they've been focusing so much on mobile that they, they're like now finally catching up on the local side. The, the, Perhaps, but I, I actually the way I sort of how I thought until I was reading on, 
And he, he um, I, I think he's right here, and I'll quote him here. It says, it, this implies an increase in resources allocated to local. Programming is hard. Making changes to a big product like Google Local Search with numerous system-wide dependencies and hooks in and out to all parts of Google takes commitment. Adding new features and capabilities takes planning and coordination. This amount of effort and human power does not come without it being prioritized within the organization and paid for with real dollars and opportunity cost. This sort of aggressive development support can only be coming from the very core of Google, unquote. I, yeah, I, I, and that really I, sent I it home that. for me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's got a good point. But they, they didn't just do that, right? No, of course they've been not. Doing but that, I mean, it's, they, they've been it, doing that for a couple of years to, to be at the point where they're making these changes. Now they've been they've been working on this easily for a year or more. So I think I think he's got a good point. But it's not like they're doubling down now. They've known this, and it's finally they're, they're, we're finally seeing the fruits of the work they've been doing for quite some time. Hmm, perhaps. The way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it happened overnight. You're right. I mean, they didn't just decide, oh, okay, let's just program this. But <laughs> I, yeah. I do think that it, the, this, the absolute dirge of changes they've been making right, recently um, does indicate a lot more focus on it. And I think that's wonderful. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's getting, I mean, the, the, there, there's still issues in local search, but there's still issues in, you know, standard desktop search too, right? Um, and there always will be, but I, they're oh. making a bunch of improvements. Bunch. Of I don't them. think that compares to how much, how messed up local is. Um, <laughs> it is. Just or has a, been. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, there's still... Yeah, lots of work to do, right? Yeah, there's, they're uh, not nearly as good as identifying and, and preventing local spam as they are as organic search spam, for example, right? And, you know, unfortunately, local spam is still very prevalent and pretty fairly easy to do. Not that I would know. Yeah, so uh, just to highlight a few of the things you mentioned that have happened recently, uh, back on uh, August 9th, they added a new analytics module on to Google My Business. On the 19th of August, they added uh, right directly to search feature. In the 24th, they, they uh, allow you to accept or disregard or discard Google updates for individual fields in bulk. And the 31st, there's a new map view to see all of your locations plotted on the map. And on the 1st of September, you can add multiple owners to individual locations or business accounts. Oh my goodness, all these things have been waiting. We've been waiting so long. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this stuff is just absolutely awesome to finally see. And since then, I'm a bit overwhelmed actually. Just every time I get in there, there's something new. Hmm? Where's the list you're reading from? You're obviously reading from a list. Can, can, our, can our listeners get to that list? Or is that something you made yourself? That's the Blumenthal article. Um, oh, he's got it in that list. Okay. Says it's uh, the section that says a very recent past of the GMB, the Google My Business. Um, and it shows how many changes were over this particular period since 2000 or since February 2015 and how much it's increased quite substantially. That's uh, pretty cool. But uh, you know, I'm going to say though that not all the changes they're making are ones that I like, right? Well, not so, necessarily, no. But they, yeah. it's nice to see that they're doing something. It's still yeah. stagnant and broken, in my opinion, for a while. It's, this is pretty good. Um, they've mm -hmm. also been adding, um, uh, they've added reviews from third parties within the knowledge panel now uh, for local businesses. So if you type in a local business name, their, their knowledge panel shows up on the right, or local card, or whatever you want to call it. They're now adding uh, third-party reviews in the, in, the, in the center there. And it's it's interesting, because of, of course, uh, Yelp decided 
no, take that off. So Google took that off because Yelp was showing up in there. I have no idea what these idiots are thinking. Well, and it's well, great press for them. Well, the, the review thing is interesting, too, because it's not like my understanding is the reviews that show up in Knowledge Graph are not reviews that anybody can make, right? There they have to be review, the reviews coming from media publications that oh. do reviews, right? Not so yet. it's like I, those are the critics. This case, they're showing Facebook, they're showing Yelp, they're showing, they're actually showing reviews from people. Hmm. Oh, so the other one's the one that's coming. So maybe I got them backwards. Yeah, I got that today too. I did the exact same thing. I, and I'm not sure, I have to read up again on the critics thing. It's so new. Apparently, yes, there's going to be more uh, examples of critic. And actually, you mentioned that reviewer, I think it was. It's one of the articles, or one of the things we're going to talk about in a bit here. Um, there was an article you found about that. Uh, where is it here? Hides addresses. No. Looking at our notes. Do you know what I'm talking about here? No, I don't. I think you're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I read it on his site. Maybe that was it. I was looking at Roundtable. <laughs> anyway, it was an example of how um, uh, reviewer names were showing. Actually, no, you commented on it within our Google Plus. My oh, our Google oh Plus the community. reviewer names thing. That's a little bit different. The, the viewer reviewer names thing, is, or they're when they show a review, they're actually adding somebody's name in the search results. That's that's different than the knowledge graph review stuff completely. Except right? they were from actual. Yes, it's true. But in this case, yeah. they were actually from true reviewers too. Um, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So reviews. you're right. And if you go look at Google Plus community, somebody asked about this. And basically, when you see the little star rating in a search result or a review, they put the reviewer's name in there. People, I think it was. Um, who was it? Someone was coming. They thought it might be tied to author rank or something like that. And John Mueller even jumped in and said, no, no, you're overthinking this. And I agree with John Mueller. I think this is more of a U, U, UX change than it has. And it has nothing to do with rankings. Yeah. Barry Schwartz posted this originally. Then Mark Taylor took it on and, and brought up John to ask about that's right. it. Yeah, that's right. The Taylor. Mueller files. We just had to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, we've been rambling on here and I forgot all about our break. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got some more local news to share. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. 
Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love the John Mueller said here. You might be reading too much into it, lol. <laughs> yeah. LOL. Um, about this reviewer name thing. But you know what? Google doesn't tend to make changes without some forethought or at least testing. Who knows? Who knows what this could lead to? I, I do agree it's an interesting development. I'm glad Barry shared it. Yeah, but again, I think it's more of a user interface type of thing, more tied to um, showing trust in reviews than anything at all algorithmic, right? Yeah, oh, not still important. No, I agree. Yes, yeah, which is still important to what we do because you know you want to have reviews, and if you have reviews and you're not showing names, you're missing an opportunity um, to to build some trust in the search results. Mm. Okay, so we talked about Blumenthal's Google Local Search Focus. Go to the one above it because you skipped over it. And I think that's pretty I did. important. I did. Thank you. So Google is hiding the address for local snippets in some cases. Um, now, this is where it gets a little finicky. Uh, there's a, This is from the Search Engine Roundtable. And they're talking about uh, searches. And the example here is Dentist NYC. And the results that came up showed it looks like they're doing it directly from Google Maps. So that's the key here. You're doing the yep. search in Google Maps. The actual address won't show up on the left panel, which has the name of the business and their star ratings. It just gives a little detail and then on, the, on whether or not they're open. And on the right side is where their markers are. This is a, a departure from the past because normally they'd have the full address. This way, they're able to uh, fit in a, few, a, a couple more listings or actually just one more, one more listing. And it, I guess it looks a little less cluttered. But not you, much of a big difference. But you, yeah, you still you still get the full addresses if you click on it, and it opens up to the, the the detailed information about that business. You can still find the full address. It's just not in that snippet view when you're seeing the map and the list of businesses over on the the left hand side. Just another UX update from Google testing uh -huh. things probably. I don't mind it either, but it did impact me. Just just today, I was looking for hotels around a certain area because I'm traveling next week, and the idea of you know, I'm looking at the list and I know where the address of where I'm going to be at and I'm looking for a hotel around it. It's, you know, it's really, you know, you can look at the pins on the map, but but it just made it a little more difficult for me to go and I have to click each one to, to copy the address to find out exactly how far it was from the place I'm going to be kind of thing. It just, mm. it, I don't know. It, it wasn't bad. It, it didn't bother me. It just, I just noticed it, if you know what I mean. Kind of why mess with a good thing, eh? Yeah. Uh, they do that all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Not that I've ever mentioned that before. So why don't you jump in here on the Google Planner limits? I, I get all... Yeah. yeah, there's a couple things happening with Google Planner, right? So we, we know that a couple weeks ago, they invented the, the idea that if, if you're not using AdWords, you may only get estimates on the number of um, impressions that a certain keyword gets per month, right? And th those ranges are pretty big too. You know, 10,000 to 100,000 is a huge range for impressions. When you're trying to compare, you know, which keywords you want to use for, for content or, or a topical page, right? So, it's all but useless. Yeah, but the idea was that, you know, if you are an active AdWords you know, advertiser and you had campaigns running, you could still get the detailed information instead of those ranges. But nobody really 
knew what active user meant, right? They just kind of left it out there. Um, apparently, somebody got some information from their Google rep. I think it was out of Austria. So whether this is worldwide or not, I don't know. It's again, this is this is one of those things where yet to be confirmed by Google. So this is just speculation. But the the rep told them very pretty specifically that you had to have a continuous activity in your AdWords account for three to four months before you got the detailed data in in that keyword in that keyword planner tool. Which is interesting. I mean, for some people, that's going to be, okay, fine, I can do that, no problem. Other people that don't have anything to do with AdWords, that's that's going to kill them if it hasn't already. That's what the tool they were relying on, right? And, and even then, they have limits. How often, I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. The limits are really for people before they hit the threshold of where they get the detailed from what I'm... Because even, even if you've never looked at AdWords, or you've never run a PPC campaign, you go there, the 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 error tells you you have reached your limit. You know, so what I think I think there's a again, this is all speculation. Uh, I think there's a point where you get past the limits and then you just get it right. So once you have it, you're not going to eventually run out. If you know what I mean. True, but I mean, in the agenda says after four months with an unknown spend requirement will mean many SEOs will have a hard time getting the detailed data unless they're able to. Um, MCC, in other words, uh, the client center, an active AdWords account that has seen the data. But even then, there are query limits in place as well. Yeah, uh, but 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 this is all a moot point in my mind, right? Doesn't matter anymore because of the next thing they did recently to 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 the, the keyword planner. So Google is now combining keyword data and. They they started doing this and they were they were like work people noticed it and they didn't tell us what was going on but now they've actually been pretty transparent in telling us what they're combining right so um, here's here's some of the things they told us very specifically they're combining data with there's plurals with non plurals for any word in a keyword phrase so all those would be combined into one data set so so you you get volume for all those words together as one one number. Acronyms with longhand versions, again, all those combined to one number. Um, stemming variants, this is an interesting one. So if you have er, or ed, any of those stemming things that happen in a lot of words, designer, designing, designed, right? Those are now all combined into one number, which which is really makes using this tool for keyword research very, very difficult, right? Um, another one is words that can be spelled with or without spaces. It's very interesting. When I when I look to see how we're doing for SEO 101 in Google, I search SEO 101. If I search it without a space, we're number one. If I search it with a space, we're number two. And it always annoys me. But now there's no way to get the data, the differences um, on those searches in the player planner. Um, the last one they told us very specifically with and without punctuation. So if you're doing kids, toys, you do it with and without the apostrophe, it's all combined. That one doesn't bug me as much. I've always done it that way anyway. But there's a lot of things they're combining that's going to make using this tool very hard to do organic keyword research. You know, I wonder if it's just, uh, uh, a, a connection to just how semantic uh, the search engines become. I mean, it really just makes it less effective for other engines. But if, if Google, you know, just thinking out loud here, if Google could, if this is kind of a hint at how much different Google searches are, uh, or, or Google, how Google interprets a search, maybe you'd still get the exposure for some of these phrases if they're not, I don't know, thinking out no, loud. A, I think, no, I think it's a really good point, and, and it's probably a very valid point as well. 
I mean, we've been talking for a long time now about the difference between targeting keywords on a page and targeting topics on a page. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's you know, in most of these, I think that makes a lot of sense. The one where they do stemming, though, when you stem a word, they can have a completely different meaning. It's true. You know, the yeah. difference between designer and designing is a hundred percent. So you know, that to me makes it difficult. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, hmm. they're they're certainly going to be sending a lot of business to other companies. It's not that they really care um, when it comes yeah. to this kind of d- detail, but. Yeah, and we've talked about this before the show a little bit, and I want to do some research, but there's a lot of companies like SEM Rush who use this data, but they get it via API, right? And I'm assuming they pay for the API to get this, or, or Google would figure out a way to, to, to ban them from using the data, I'm sure. But I don't know if that API is going to be, do the, have these same kind of changes, if the data in some of these third-party tools is going to be impacted by these changes or making a keyword planner, or if this is solely specifically limited to keyword planner. Very interesting. Yeah, there's lots to this, and uh, we'll keep everyone apprised as, as we learn. Yet another switch in uh, quite a fundamental one in, in how everyone's doing keyword research. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wait, before yeah. we break, by the way, I don't use the term keyword research if I can get away with it anymore. I almost always <laughs> go, to, go to topic research just to, just to be there. Okay. <laughs> All right, All right let's take a break. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform, creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website. Our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income, but increases page views, improves bounce rate, and will impress the user experience. Start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60% more with ezoic. That's ezoic.com. Ezoic, make your website smarter. Ezoic is a Google certified publishing partner. Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right. Tips for image use on local profiles. I've been doing a lot of uh, Google local work, uh, Google My Business, I should say, work for clients these days and pushing hard for images and making sure they've got everything filled in because even Google even says when you're filling it out, a minimum of three internal photos minimum of three photos of work being done the work that people be looking for a minimum of three external photo i mean it's very 
set out. Well, mm-hmm. this article by Wesley Lung, I'm not sure who Wesley Young is, but anyway, uh, on Search Engine Line, it's pretty well written. It talks about um, some of the, the, the do's of Google image selections and don'ts. One thing is not to default to Google's image selection. I love that one. That's a great one. Uh, it shows a Bed Bath and & Beyond, and uh, the default image has someone who has taken uh, initialed towels and arranged them so it says fart. And uh, <laughs> that's the image that shows for their headache. Anyway, nice. <laughs> definitely don't go with your default. Um, Google bot can't read this stuff. <laughs> It probably just has a bad sense of humor. Yeah. So, I was actually to get the Halloween. I'm digressing, but I, they got the Halloween decorations out in a local Target store, and I was in there, and they had one on your yard that say "boo," and some some grade school kid had rearranged them to say "b o o b," so now they say "boob," and he was all excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days! Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> you you got to um, be careful what you let your customers do. Yeah, no doubt. Um, next, he says here to set your profile image in Google My Business. And it says here, Google allows you to select a profile photo, logo, logo and cover photo. And yes, I recommend doing that for all of them. I actually, when it comes right down to it, do them all. <laughs> do them all. If you don't have internal photos, get them. If you don't have any photos of you doing the work or someone doing the work, if it's a, a, a pizzeria cooking the food, if it's a... Uh, an accountant sitting down maybe with a client. You can always blur their face. You know, do something that shows what you do. And heck, get one of your staff to sit down there pretending to be a client. Just do it right and get some stuff out there because it's important. And there are a fair, there's a fair amount, I, I dare say significant amount of evidence that images increase click-through rates and increase even a certain amount of trust. Um, certainly the opposite's the case if there isn't, and it's mentioned in here, if there aren't images, it just, it does it's less, mm-hmm. there's less impetus to click, I'm sure of it. And in any case, he gets into some of the other ideas here. If you don't get the image you want displayed, change it up. Now, one of the things I have an issue with, and I have to research this, and God, it's just it's only so much time in the day. I've got an image on Stepforth's profile that drives me crazy. It's ancient. It's it's one I even uploaded back then, though, of my office, which I was when I was in a uh, residential area. Well, it's still there, and it's one of the first videos or images that show, but I can't figure a way to delete it. I can't even delete it even though I put it up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hmm, And I keep notifying them that this isn't right, but it still isn't being deleted or removed. uh, Anyway, there is some frustration involved with dealing with imagery. Um, I don't envy if you end up with a situation where it's absolutely horrible. My case is not that bad, but I, I certainly don't like it. Check back frequently. That is a great piece of advice. Always check your, your, I check once a month easily, your Google My Business. Um, Another thing that happened recently to one of my good clients and has caused a stink um, was Google decided to just add amenities all of a sudden to hotel profiles, but they didn't check with the hotels. Uh, So all of a sudden, this this client of mine uh, had a hotel here and it said that it had air conditioning. Well, they don't. Not all rooms do. Only a, a few of them did. In Canada here, we don't really need it that often. Now, it happened to be a bit of a hot spell. People came. They expected air conditioning due to this stupid mix-up from Google. Again, Google just driving ahead without checking with their own people, with their own users. In any case, that caused some negative sentiment on the side of this hotel, and it was not their fault at all. 
So you've got to check back. And, and he's got me monitoring them now. Felt a little bad. I hadn't picked up on that. But it's just so fast. It, Google just changes this stuff constantly. And they're not um, going to do it everywhere. They're going to test things. So you you may or may not be involved in a test too. Yeah. Yeah, which could even be worse. Use a high-quality image. You know, don't put up something that's really grainy or ugly. And, you know, when people click on it, they want to be able to see a higher-quality version, not a, a grainier, pixelated version. Let's see here. Framing images. Ensure the frame is dis- is designed to display properly in various sizes and formats. There's a lot to that. I love the example here. This is really well done. It shows a picture of a hair salon card on a phone, but because of the picture, it just shows a, it's supposed to show a full woman with her beautiful hair. Well, it just shows her midsection, just because it wasn't formatted for mobile. And then at the bottom, it shows it half the head cut off. You know, these are sort of things that I do find difficult to keep on top of because, frankly, things change in terms of what the perspectives are how they're going to show. But again, this is all part of the things that you need well, to keep on top of. Well, what they're doing in that midsection picture, the, the, the model has long hair and they're showing their tips. They, they must emphasize the tips of the hair. <laughs> the tips. Yes. Yes. I'm not going any further. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's certainly not what they wanted it to show. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest with, I wasn't even thinking of that, that pun that you were thinking of. You've got a dirty mind, Ross. <laughs> I get did your not mi- say it. Get your mind out of the gutter. I am not the only person that may have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. Uh, the next one, be cautious about using stock images. I briefly thought about doing that for one of my lawyer clients, but I really think they need to do it themselves. You don't want someone to choose an image that's used elsewhere. It just doesn't look good. And frankly, most stock image, images, especially with people in them, look damn fake. I mean, they just, they don't have any soul to them. Stock. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, try and, and make it unique. He talks about not making, uh, not forgetting about images in non-Google listings, such as Yellow Pages, Yelp, all these different places. They also have requirements or requests for images. Try and fulfill it. Try to go over the top. Do more than you need to. Not tons, but over, uh, if they say three, do do four. You know, uh, just take it that extra step and uh, make sure your profile is more than 100% complete. It's, 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 you've gone that extra mile, and then at least you don't have to worry about being behind uh, on that one element at the very most. Um, anyway, that's, uh, it's good. A well-done article. I think his examples were perfection. They're great. <laughs> I might even leave a comment. I don't do that very often. <laughs> All right. Next. Sort of sad news. I mean, I don't think there's a person in the industry who didn't see this coming. But why don't you deliver? Yeah. So I think well, I think it was like 2006. Um, I was on a forum called I Help You Services. Remember I Help You, Ross? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I made I made friends with this guy named Jim Hedger on the forum. And he talked me into um, – speaking at a conference, a search engine strategies conference in San Jose. It was my first presentation, my first speaking engagement. Uh, I met Jim there. He met, introduced me to everybody. And it really makes me sad that that was my really, my first introduction, you know, into the industry as a whole. And those search engine strategy conferences are now officially done. They've closed their doors. They will be no more. And and I haven't been to one in years, so it's it's like like you said, Ross. It's not unexpected that they're going away. They've they've lost a lot since they were sold. Danny Sullivan started those conferences before he started the, the um, yeah, the search engine land and the, and those conferences tied to that. 
but it's it's really sad in my mind because that was that's really where I got my introduction into this whole industry and met most of the people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it's, the first. It's, it's interesting to note that that very first the very first presentation I did at a search and strategies conference. Um, I was on the on the panel with another rookie. It was his very first presentation at a conference. Um, it was Matt McGee. <laughs> <laughs> so we we both had our our uh, introduction into speaking at the same panel, which was fun. Nice. Yeah, that was uh, not long after the first. I think that was the first conference I sent, or maybe two thousand four was the first one I sent Jim Hedger to because he was my employee um, mm-hmm. to go to search engine strategies and and you know. And it was uh, the beginning of quite a few for him, and I started to get into it. And I, uh, I don't remember what my first one was. It might have been uh, the next year or the year after. Um, I was kind of reluctant. I'm not a big fan of travel slash a lot of friendly. Uh, no, 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 although they were friendly, a lot of new faces. I get a little uncomfortable, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I really did start to enjoy it as I went. And I think my and, first and I, actual speaking gig, because I avoided them like the plague, was. <laughs> Um, in Toronto at a search engine strategies conference, uh, oh, not nice. a speaking gig completely, but yet yeah, at the SES. So, so, but you remember for those who didn't get, get the opportunity to go to those early conferences, um, they were huge, huge deals. They yes. were like, I mean, if you go to a conference today and you go to like the, the floor where they have all the vendors and stuff, it's, it's interesting. There's a couple rows of vendors. The conferences back in, in 2006, 2007, that time frame were huge. Google would have a display that took up probably what would be seven or eight booths in today's conferences. And every major engine, there were hundreds of vendors there, these things. It, it took you two hours easy just to walk up and down the aisles of vendors. Um, they were they were magnificent. And it's it's kind of sad to see the difference between what they used to be and what they are today. Um, it's, it's hard to find those kind of conferences in any industry now. I mean, Content Marketing World was here in Cleveland this year. And it's one of the newer, bigger conference series happening now. I didn't get to go this year, but I went last year. And again, the, the floor with the vendors was, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to see a lot of new things when it comes to technology and vendors and be exposed. There weren't that many there compared to the, the way it used to be back in the late 2000s. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. And Matt McGowan was the one that was organizing a lot of that. He was doing a great job. I really enjoyed yep. meeting with Mike Matt. Now he works for Google, ironically. Yeah, Google it is funny. New York office, I think. Yeah, really enjoyed those. And uh, But they also went to a pay-for speaking model and they had some really negative, uh, down negative, negative <laughs> reviews of oh, their yeah. thing. Oh my gosh, some of them were absolutely disastrous. Yeah, they signed their own death warrant. I'm afraid. Most of the, mo- most most of the great speakers that I know wouldn't when they went to that pay to speak model. Most of them just like, there's no way I'm going there anymore. So all the really good quality speakers that I'm aware of wouldn't even do SES in the, in the past few years. Yeah. All right. Well, was, the, um, was SES was SES where they first? That's where they first started doing the Google Dance too, right? Yes. Was SES, and so that that was the original Google Dance was SES, and Webmaster Radio used to have to have those big parties at SES all the time too. Ah, uh, like yes. When it was Webmaster Radio, those were a blast. Darren did a great job. Darren and Brandy threw some great parties back in the day. We could reminisce for a while on that, for sure. We could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, okay, so why don't you, um, we don't think we're going to have time for a question today, but why don't you uh, jump into the last piece there on Moz? We yeah, did talk about the layoffs, I think, in the other show, but yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm sure most of you are aware Moss had some layoffs recently, and Rand actually posted an article on his personal blog um, just in the last couple of days, really talking about the, where those layoffs are leading them and kind of why they did them. As usual with Rand, he was super transparent, had graphs about profit projections and margins, but the, the gist of it all is that Moz is now going to go back to focusing solely on SEO. They're selling off um, their their social pieces. They're selling off their content pieces. They're getting back to a real focus on SEO, which to me, going back to what was something we said earlier in our show, is a real signal that SEO is not dead <laughs> by any means. <laughs> ah, yes. Because he, he gave us a lot of numbers as far as why they've made this decision on as far as you know, the amount of money people are spending on SEO, the amount of focus people are spending on SEO compared to social and content. And it made much more financial sense to focus on SEO than incorporate those other two into the overall business model. So no, SEO is not dead. And it's a great article. If you go to Moz and you look for the Moz blogs, Rand has his own blog on there. It's it's the most current article there is, you know, and it's a good read. I'd, I'd recommend it if you're interested in Moz at all. Yeah, and it was just mentioning to you before the show that one of my good clients uh, had come back and was spouting off about how, uh, you know, SEO is dead and, you know, I really think that uh, we, we needed to discuss your services. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, why did you say that? And then he told me he was at this conference and a few PPC vendors went up and talked about how pe SEO is dead and how much more important pay-per-click is. And the one SEO company, I mean, I think they were just the only one out in this pretty large travel conference was starting to look pretty bad because they were getting almost ganged up on here. And I feel for them, man. And I can't even imagine how much they spent to go to this. Anyways. Um, God, I wish I would have been in there. <laughs> I know. And, and just to think, you know, I hope people saw through this. These are pay-per-click companies telling you, you you need to do more pay-per-click. Yes. <laughs> they don't like SEO. Uh, just, I, I, I always uh, use the number when we talk about there's a bunch of different researches that has been done out there that, you know, how much of the click through on a page is organic and how much of it is paid. And there's different numbers depending on which research things you do look at, but the average comes out to about 75% of search result page are organic and 25 are paid. Right. And Moz in, 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 in Rand's article about on, on organic versus paid. Okay. That, that, and you're, you're right. There's probably differences if you're breaking it down, desktop versus mobile or not. Absolutely. But the average overall is 75-25, right? Rand's, Rand's post, he just said, he broke it down. Part of their business decision to focus on SEO, their internal studies put it at 90-10. Wow. Which blew me away because I've never heard it that high before. Yeah, I bet he'd have some arguments from Google on that one, but who knows? Interesting yeah. to see. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, don't always see eye to eye with Rand, but I, I like his uh, transparency for sure. Well, I guess that's it. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com and or reach John Carcut Car Car uh, via Twitter, via <laughs> at John Carcut. Have a great week, and remember to tune in to future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkin treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew, pumpkin spice signature latte, and our perfectly pumpkin treats. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.